So today we want to talk about the fact that we can hang our hats on God. And I know it's not a physical thing, so, you know, we're not going to take our hats and go and hang it on God. But we want to hang our hat and say, God, if we, when we do this, we're actually just saying that we really depend on you. We cannot live without you. And so, hence, the idiom... I just don't know if I can wear a hat and preach. I've never done that. It's kind of like weird. But I'll try. Is that okay? Huh? <laughs> anyway, so when we talk about this hang your hat on, on God, there are two things that we're going to focus on. We're going to focus on, first of all, that we can hang it on God, that God is dependable. Amen? It's like when you have a hat stand at home, you know that when you come in, I don't know how many of you do that, come in at home and you hang your hat on the stand. And, and you know that it's there, it's going to keep the hat or hooks or whatever it is. It's going to keep that hat in place. And when we do this with God, we're saying, God, we really depend on you. Because God is dependable. All right? When we look at the other side of this idiom, it says, I need to do something too. And that is, I need to take my hat or my life and hang it on God. I need to declare my dependence upon the Lord. And so as much as God is dependable, he needs people to say, okay, I depend on you. Correct? So we have two role players involved in this morning's talk. It's God that is absolutely dependable. And it's us that need to make choices. And so we're going to talk about that. So first of all, let's, let's talk about the fact that God is dependable. When you consider the word dependable, it really means that he is reliable. He is trustworthy. He is faithful. He is steadfast. Words that enable us to say, yeah, I'll be able to hang my hat on him. But the thing is, I found that many people know about God and they're aware of Him, but they don't necessarily always get to the place where they do express their faith in Him. Because the reality is this, you, you cannot put your faith in someone that you don't know. Correct? <laughs> and, and the thing with God is that God, throughout this Bible, he reveals himself as the dependable one so that we can know that we ought to hang our hats on him and be assured of that. And so that's why I want to take you to Exodus 6. And last week, by the way, those preachers did so well. Hey, there were three guys, three people sharing and uh, recognize them this morning. Well done, Tulani, Lindy and, and Brendan for sharing. They did share from, from Exodus 3 and 3, 6. And um, there's one verse that I want you to look at with me, and we're going to just um, look at it together. I want you to see something here with me that God repeats about himself. In verse 6, first of all, it says, 
Say therefore to the people of Israel, this is now God speaking to Moses and saying, listen Moses, I want the people to be released out of slavery. They've been stuck in, in Egypt for 400 years and the time has come to take them out and take them into the promised land, which is Canaan. And so God says to Moses, go and tell the people this about me. Because you've got to realize that at this time, the Israelites didn't know much about God. They knew he was the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, but personally, they had very little understanding of God. So Moses is used to introduce to the people not only the plan of, of moving from Egypt to Israel to Canaan, but also to introduce them to God or God to them. And so God says to Moses, go and tell them the following about me. And look at that. He says, say therefore to the people of Israel, I am the Lord. Just first of all that. He wants them to know who he is. Not just what he will do, but I am the Lord. And so out of understanding who God is, God says, this is what I will do and can do. And so when we want to depend on the Lord, it's not head knowledge that we need to first of all have about God. It is experiential knowledge, relational knowledge that he is. That I am. So before you can hang your hat on God and say, God, I depend on you, you're going to know who God is, this God that's dependable. He says there, I am. And then look at us. It says, and I will bring you out from the burdens of the Egyptians, and I will deliver you from slavery to them, and I will redeem you with an outstretched arm and with great acts of, of, of judgment. And so God uses the word I will, or the words I will once, twice, three and then in verse 7, if we carry on there, it says, and if we go to verse 7, all right, thank you. It says, again, I will take you to be my people, and I will be your God, and you shall know that I am the Lord your God. So these things are repeated over and over again. You see that God's saying, I want you to know that I am, and that I will. But often we run to the I will side of God only. Can God and will he and, 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 and what's he going to do for me? God says, first of all, I want you to know who I am, not just what I can do for you. And so that's the difference. We often speak about this and we know that we can't see either one of these two things of God, his face or his hand. But when we approach God, we often approach him for his hand. God, won't you just bless? Won't you just help? Won't you just strengthen? Won't you just do this for me? And God says, no, no, I, I want to do that. But I want you to know who I am and not just what I can do. And so in our walk with God as people, the moment we, we say, I want to hang my hat on God, I got to first of all know who he is. And the pursuit of knowing God is the thing for us in our lives. To know him because he says, I am. And then I will. So I am is, is his character. The I will is his ability. You cannot know somebody's ability unless you know their character fully. You can study a person's ability and you can read up about famous people and sports people and whatever else and stars. And, but the real thing that makes them tick is who they are. It's not just what they can do. And so you go through the Guinness Book of Records, for instance, and all you find in there is what people can do. But do you know anything about them? Nothing. You don't know them. Why? Some people do crazy things like grow 
fingernails, it goes like three meters long. I mean, you can imagine poking your nose with that. You can never blush, you know, what, blow your nose and stuff like that. You need to ask somebody to blow your nose for you. Like when you did in my ear. It's crazy stuff, isn't it? But yet we don't know anything about those people. And God in His Word is not just trying to reveal to us what He can do. He wants to reveal Himself to us so that we can depend on Him. And so my, my plea for us always is, guys, let's, let's study God. Not just what He has done, what He can do, but let's study His character so that you can say, yeah, I can hang my hat on Him. I know Him. I can vouch for him. I know that he's able. Our ability to trust God is directly related to a constant deepening of two things happening simultaneously in our lives. The knowledge of who he is, his character, and a meaningful relationship with him that works together. So you, a meaningful relationship with him helps you to know who he is. So this morning, it's not how much you know about God. It's how deep is your relationship with him. And so I've had the privilege of spending, oh, she's not here, she's with the children. My wife, we will be 34 years in December that we've been married. I know so much about her because I've had 34 and plus years with her. And she's an amazing woman. She's a real blessing to me. I can't imagine my life without her. And, and I have this knowledge of who she is. What she can do, she, there's a lot of good things that she can do. Some things that sometimes annoy me, like some things that annoy her about me. And, but it's not about what she can do or can't do. It's about who she is. I didn't marry her because she can cook so well, which, by the way, she can. She's amazing. <laughs> She's very good. I don't, I don't know she could. I kind of had to train her into this and, and help her into it. Um, no, I didn't. <laughs> um, but... I didn't marry her for that. I didn't marry her for her abilities. I married her for her character. She's an amazing woman. She loves Jesus. I always tell her she was born saved. She's like, got out of the womb and she's like, oh, I love you, Jesus, kind of thing. She's just amazing. And uh, so, yeah, I, I, I spend time with her because I enjoy who she is. And I, I think it's the same for us with God is that God wants us to enjoy Him for who He is. And then out of that we see, but gee, God, you're amazing. You are dependable. We can hang our hat on you. It's, it's, the Bible is, is this incredible testimonial about God, about who He is. I've many times been asked to write these testimonials or reference letters for people. And people apply for a job or they've got to go to a school or whatever it is. You get it from the knowledge that you have, or sometimes the very little knowledge that you have of them. You got to write a testimonial, and um, and sometimes it's tough because you don't really know the people, and you got to just, I don't really know this guy. Never on time for anything. You don't write those things, hey, do you? But you just try to not sugarcoat it, but you try to give some impression of who this person is. And um, I've even had to write a letter sometimes once of a of a person that wanted to go and visit in the UK to vouch that they will return. I'm like, ah, I don't know about Zimbas if I can say that. Eh? <laughs> it's a tough one. <laughs> and I just say, no, there is a job here. There is a family here. Um, I, I think they will return or this person will return. But anyway, the, the thing is this, that the Bible is this amazing testimonial about God. 
where God reveals himself and he says, this is who I am. And then in that who I am, he says, I will. I will. And many times we battle to believe God for the I will part because we don't know the I am part. Uh huh. If I promise you a certain thing, you're like, yeah, whatever. Maybe if you get to know the person who's made that promise more, you'll perhaps believe them more. So don't get married to somebody that just has, you know, you've met a couple of days ago and he or she makes these amazing promises, but you have no idea whether they're able to keep them. huh? Watch that. But it's good to have the ability to make a promise because people know your character. And God does that numerous times in the Bible. He promises us like he does here in Exodus 6. Now the very interesting thing about verses um, 8, by the way, it carries on into this. If you look at it, it says, I will bring you into a land that I sought to give to Abraham, and I will give it to you. And then it, and it finishes with the I am. So you can see this, 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 this incredible um, reality between the I am of God and the I will of God constantly coming up. And because the people of Israel didn't know, or the Jews at the time didn't know him, look at what happened in verse 9. They didn't know the I am part. Says Moses spoke thus to the people, but they did not listen to Moses because of their broken spirit and harsh, harsh slavery. They said, oh, "Come on, God's going to do this for sure. He will." They had been so broken and so badly treated that their environment or the reality of what they were facing was bigger than the "I am" that God was trying to reveal to them. And I think that's often our battle. Is that we faced with stuff, Zimbabwe, people, things, issues, problems, things that don't work, things that that never work. <laughs> I mean, like, yeah, God says, I am, I'm with you, and I'll be you'll be fine. You're like, yeah. Why? Because we look at the issues, we look at the stuff, we look at the surroundings, we look at the circumstances, and we do not look at the I am. God is dependable. We can hang our hats on him. He is absolutely, absolutely dependable. He is always faithful. He's, the Bible says even when we are faith, unfaithful or faithless, he remains faithful towards you and me. He may not do the things that you want him to do. He's not obliged to keep you happy, by the way. All right? That's a shock to you. But he's committed to you according to his plans and purposes that he has for you. And what are those plans? He wants you to know him and to become more like him. And so he's faithful to help us towards that. He's a dependable God. So if God is dependable, then surely the second thing that we're going to talk about is that we need to become dependent. Amen? That's a very difficult thing to do. In life, to be dependent, we need to do the hang your hat part. All right, we're going to take our hats and say, God, I'll hang it on you. That's your, my, and my role. But it's not so easy. Because one of the greatest things that are celebrated in our world today is independence, isn't it? <laughs> Nobody celebrates dependence. Oh, are we going to just call this day of dependence? Why? Because we're dependent upon others and we just like to be dependent. 
No, no, no. We have this huge thing. Almost every country, most countries in the world had been under some sort of a previous governance. And when they got out of that, they were given independence. And so we all celebrate the day of independence. And that's a great thing. It's a wonderful thing. But what happens is we all live with that mindset that I'm going to grow up to be independent one day. (laughs) And we're going to celebrate that. Because, I mean, you see so many times in life that independence is celebrated when I have a grandson. You wouldn't say that I'm a grandfather, hey? But I am. Anyway, so I have a grandson that, that is going through what they call potty training. And so often we hear about from our, our son and, and, and Cassandra, his wife from Canada, that you know more and more he's becoming independent of nappies. All right? And, and so that's amazing. And he's starting to eat with utensils, those things that you often use as adults. Knife, fork, remember those days when you used them? Anyway, my grandson is learning how to use them. But anyway, so he's becoming independent in certain ways, and that's being celebrated. And, and you remember the day when maybe some of you um, had a bicycle and when you were little, and, and you had those little supporting wheels, and, and, and one day you took the wheels off, and you didn't fall off. You just carried on cycling, hey? and you stayed on. And you're like, whoa, it's a bit wobbly, but I've become independent upon these things. And, and one day, remember, some of you, um, you became independent of your mom or dad always having to do your projects for you at school. Some of you are still dependent upon that, I think. But anyway, um, we all celebrate these moments of independence. And one day when you left school, you, you had your first salary uh, or studies and, and, and you became independent in that way. And like, hey, I've got my own money. <laughs> and we celebrate that. And we have these moments in life where people graduate and it leads them into independence. Beautiful, isn't it? Lovely to celebrate that. We work hard for the same. This is what people work hard for. I don't have to depend on anyone anymore. I've reached that place and be like, yeah, you're a man. You're amazing. And, uh, And when we try to understand the word independence better, look at what it actually means. It says we have reached a place of of autonomy, self-rule, self-reliance, individualism. And it's celebrated. And it's not necessarily wrong. But now when we we pick up the Bible and it says we need to hang our hat on God and, and we've got to depend on God, it's like I've been brought up to be independent. And now you want to tell me I've got to become dependent again? No, buddy, that's not for me. Pass me by. I'm happy with my independence. Nobody's going to tell me what to do. It's a self-governance over here. Thank you very much, donkey. That's fine. I'm leaving it like it is. But you know what? All throughout the Bible, we have these stories with this incredible tension being outworked. God says, I give you a free will. But with the free will, I want you to do what I want for you. It's a weird tension, isn't it? God says, uh, you can decide for yourself, but this is what I want you to decide for. But in your free will moment, it's fine. You can use it, but you will bear the consequences of that. And if you decide my will, oh man, it's going to be a wonderful journey for us. And so we find that even right from the very beginning, the first person that ever found himself and herself on earth 
use this independence to decide. They were actually dependent upon God, but they used it to go against Him and wanted to become independent. The devil was just too happy to make them believe that independence is going to bring such joy in their lives. And we know what happened when they chose against dependence. They went the other way. So the first Adam chose independence, which brought spiritual death. The second Adam, the Bible talks about a second Adam. It's not another Adam. It's just the second Adam. Talks, the Bible talks about it in Romans chapter 5. I want to take you there, where it just helps us to understand what the second Adam did. We'll talk about this, hang your hat on God. Romans chapter 5, you all with me, you still awake? Just check those whose hats are hanging a little bit. Um, it not, may not be the hat, it's the whole head that's hanging. All right. Romans chapter 5, verse 18 says, Therefore, as one trespass, that's the one trespass of Adam, way back when, led to condemnation for all men. All of us are born sinners because of what Adam did. All right. So all of us have fallen into this. It says, so one act of righteousness leads to justification and life for all men. So what Jesus did, the second Adam, his act led to salvation and life for all of us. And so it says in verse 19, for as by one man's disobedience, Adam, the many, all of us were made sinners. So by the one man's obedience, Jesus, the many will be made righteous. Such a beautiful picture that, that, that here we see that Adam chose independence and it brought death. Jesus chose dependence, which brought life. So now we start to look at independence in a little bit of a different light. Hey? It's like it's wrong. It's wonderful to have independence, but the potential for independence to lead me away from God is there. And to cause me to be separated from him. That's what mankind finds himself in. And therefore, for us as believers and for, for any person really, independence cannot be our greatest goal. We need to grow and help kids raise, raise them up to become self-sufficient in certain things. But ultimately, we need to help one another to become absolutely dependent upon God because he is dependable. And so our greatest goal, ladies and gentlemen, is not independence. As followers of Jesus, our greatest goal is dependence because it is there where we really find meaning in life. Our greatest goal and our greatest joy is not living for ourselves and having things that, that could say, yeah, this is what I've done for myself and oh, it brings me such joy. I cannot live for that. I've got to live for something. I've got to live for dependence upon God. I've got to live with this mindset that says, I'll hang my hat on you, God. I'm going to hang my hat on myself. I'm going to hang my hat on anything out there. I'm not going to hang my hat on my upbringing and, and my ancestry and, and, and the, the bank balance that I have, or probably not a great example to use in this country, but whatever it is that you want to live on and depend on. But God. We read how Paul expresses this in Philippians, and I want to take you there, please. 
as we um, just look at what he expressed as a means of, of being dependent upon God and not living for, for just these earthly things. He says in Philippians 1 verse 12, he says, I want you to know, brothers. So he's writing to Christians in a church up in a place called Philippi. And he says to them the following. I want you to know, brothers, that what has happened to me has really served to advance the gospel. And there wasn't good things. He's writing from prison, by the way. He says, so that it, had become, it has become known throughout the whole imperial God and to all the rest that my imprisonment is for Christ. And most of the brothers, having become confident in the Lord by my imprisonment, are much more bold to speak the word without fear. So what Paul is saying is, Actually, what I've found, that in being dependent upon the Lord, it has actually resulted in, the, in something good for others. It is actually helping people. My, my decision to submit my life to Christ, and it has resulted in being imprisoned, actually it's caused others to be better off. He says in verse 21, these famous words that we so often share. He says, for me to live is Christ. And to die is gain. How's that? As a, as a motto for life. Hey? This is like, I, and paraphrase it into our context. For me to live is to hang my hat on God. And whatever that means. Even if it means that I end up in prison. That's okay. That's okay. My whole life is actually focused on that. That's what Paul is saying to us. He's saying, listen, dependence upon God is much better than independence from God. Because it isolates me from Him. And I can't live like that. Independence from God only brings eternal loss in the pursuit of our temporary gain. When we say, I don't need God. We say, I can gain whatever I want through my own effort. I don't need him. It gives you temporary gain perhaps in certain areas of your life. But eternal loss. Eternal loss. Dependence on God though. Maybe temporary loss. To die is gain. Dying from certain things that I think I could have had. And but Paul is saying dependence on God. Although there may be a temporary loss. We will certainly find eternal gain. And I think that's often where we miss the point. That we so live for the temporary. That we don't think eternal. Temporary. As against eternal. And we've got to make more decisions here on earth. About eternity. Than just our temporary lives. We are so focused folks. On the temporary. But we have been created by God to live eternally. And the decisions we make whilst we're on earth determines where we spend eternity. All of us will die. All of us will die. I, I just realized that a month ago my dad passed away. And I was confronted with the loss of somebody so close to me for the first time in my life. And, I, and I'm going through that at the moment. But I realized this thing about death is that we don't talk about death enough because we have this strange belief about death that it's, that it's such a bad thing. It's a reality. It's a reality. Here on spring day, 
I'm talking to you about death because it's real. And we need to make sure that we prepare ourselves for death. We've got to. You've got to do it. And the best way that you can do it is not to try to secure a spot where you will be buried and to make sure that you have an inheritance for your, for your family and for your children and make sure that your wife or your husband is, is cared for and whatever, all in place. But the best thing you can do for eternity is to make sure that today, right now, you make a decision about hanging your hat on God. That's where eternity starts. Because one day, each one of us will have our last moment on earth. I'm so thankful that I could spend four days with my dad just talking about eternity and about the reality that once he leaves this earth, I know where he has gone. Not because he was a good man, which he was, but because he made a decision about faith in Christ to say, I depend upon God for my salvation. And he expressed his desire to have Jesus forgiven for his sins so that he could become a follower of Christ. That determined his life here on earth for the brief time that he was saved. But that is where he has gone to be for eternity. Jesus said these words in John 15 verse 5. Without me, just the last part of it, you can do nothing. And the context is, he says, it's like the, the vine and the branches. You've got to connect yourself to me so that you can bear fruit. Because without me, he says, you can't do nothing. So we cannot declare independence really. The thing that we need to do is to declare our dependence upon God. And when we do that, we're actually saying to one another to please help me. Because as I declare my dependence upon God, I'm asking you, please help me with that too. Because I need to grow in that. I need to grow more dependent upon God. I need to grow in areas of my life where I depend on myself. And try to man, manage my own life. But rather say, please help me, brothers, sisters, friends. Please help me to become more dependent upon God. And therefore, community is so incredibly important for us. When we say, I want to hang my hat on God. You cannot live without community. Because there are times when I realize, I was speaking to a friend yesterday. And he said to me, you've got to talk to me. I was just saying to him some of the things that I've been going through in my own life. Hey, I'm a human being, all right? I go through stuff, my dad and stuff that's been happening. And he said to me, you've got to talk to me. Just phone me more often. I'm like, yeah, thanks. Actually, I, I realized I was trying to hang my hat on, on myself, in a sense, in this area. But I'm trying to manage. I'm just not able to. God wants to let me come and depend on him. And he also puts people around me. Say, hey, listen, I'll be there for you. And there are people that God wants you to help. To hang their hats more sturdy on God and more secure on God. And there are people that you need to help you hang your hat on God. And so I want to close this morning. I want to ask you, what is your declaration this morning? You can either make a declaration of independence. Or you can make a declaration of dependence. And hanging your hat on God this morning is a declaration of dependence on Him. And I don't know if 
where you are. There are people in various places in their walk with God or non-walk with God. I don't know where you are, my friend. Many of you I know very well. But even right here this morning, we've got we to gotta do some introspection and say, where am I in terms of the hat that I'm wearing? Who am I hanging it on to? What am I hanging it on to? Am I hanging it on to things and possessions and wealth and, and, and promises of people for a better job and a better this and a better that? And, and, and all these things are so real for us in this context that we are living in. But the only one that really is steadfast, reliable, trustworthy, and, and, and able to carry us through everything is, is God. He is the dependable one. There's no one like Him. You cannot depend on me. I'm going to fail you. You cannot depend on even the close ones to you. The closest ones to you. You cannot depend on... We've seen how people try to depend on their, on their savings in this country and on their pension funds and, and all of that's vanished. And maybe even in through all of that, God is speaking to all of us constantly and saying, don't depend on those things. Although they're so great to have, and, but it's not going to be forever. None of those things are forever. They're temporal. And so, you cannot ignore this, by the way. You cannot ignore considering where you want to hang your hat. Because wherever you are, you've already made a decision. And if you haven't made a call to say, God, I want to hang my hat on you. I implore you this morning. <laughs> Please recognize that nothing, no one, can ever be as steadfast and as reliable and as dependable than Him. I want to say this to you, and you've got to hear my heart. Whatever else you will hang your hat on, then God will disappoint you. It will. It may fulfill you temporarily, but eternally it's going to disappoint you. The only one that will never disappoint you is Jesus Christ. Never, ever will He disappoint us in what we really have been created for. And so, I want to ask you, and not manipulate you, and not force you into anything, but I want to implore you with just a deep call from my heart, and I believe also from God's heart. What's your declaration today? Is it a declaration of independence where you're saying, I'm okay, Vesey, just leave me where I am. And I, no one can force you from that. But we would rather come and, and, and lure you with God's love into the place where you say, I'll hang my hat on God. I'll hang my hat on God. Because He's so incredibly dependable. I want to ask you to close your eyes. I'm not going to do anything funny, so don't worry. But we want to allow people just in their hearts, just in the quietness of your heart this morning, to make a declaration that you feel is necessary to make. And there's only one that can be made, really. 
And it's a declaration that says, God, I don't know how to deal with my life. I don't know how to deal with these issues. I don't know how to manage it. There's so many things that are uncertain. But I know this, that somehow you're touching my heart this morning and saying that I am, you are the God who is dependable. And I want to reach out to you from the bottom of my heart and say, God, I want to put my hope, I want to hang my hat on you. I want to hang my hat on you and say, God, I trust you. I trust you with everything that I have in my life, that you will help me. And, and where, God, I've been a sinner, I've turned away from you, I've, I've resisted you, please forgive me. But this morning, I make a declaration to hang my hat on you, to depend on you. And Father, I pray for people that are sitting here that have never done this, that they will decide that this morning, and for others that have, that have done it in the past or have considered it, but also in particular areas of their life, they're saying, oh, this has been me. I've been in control of this area. I've tried to sort out my marriage. I've tried to deal with my finances. I've tried to do this. I've not hung my hat on God in those areas. And if there's any area in your life that you realize this morning, you've been in control. You've hung it on your own effort. You repent before God and say, God, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Please forgive me. So Lord Jesus, as we, as we finish our time together, I pray for people that need to hang their hats on you. That today, Lord God, whether it's the first time ever, whether it's a moment to confirm again that this is what I have done, recommitment towards that whether it's allowing you to take control of other areas of their lives where they have not been submitting to you and allowing you to take control i pray that you will do a, a sovereign work amongst your people this morning i trust you father that people will take their hats and hang it on you and hang it on you so just in the quietness of this moment, I, I want to encourage you. You speak to God. You let Him know what your declaration of our hope dependence is today. Not one of independence, but one of dependence. And so Jesus, I thank you for your beautiful work. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you will do the work beyond what my words can ever do. Lord God, that we will be a people that live dependently, with a deep dependence upon you. Trust for that. In Jesus' name. Amen.